So um, I wanted to start off sharing uh, some good news. And, uh, you know, some of you guys were already down. Some of the good news I'm going to share, you already were down there uh, with the good news. But we recently had a conference in the Dominican Republic. Uh, we were able to host for the first time the Conference of the Americas. And uh, the Conference of the Americas is a conference of uh, the different uh, Latin ministries in the United States who want to come and participate for brothers and sisters from South America, Mexico, Central America, and Latin-speaking parts of the Caribbean. And uh, I think we'll have, oh, there goes a picture right there. Uh, this was the hall that we were meeting in. Uh, Sunday morning, we maxed out the hall. Uh, we had over 1,600 people that came out to the church that Sunday. Uh, literally, what needed to happen on Sunday was uh, the Marriott closed the doors. They said no more people could come on in. And the brothers needed to set up a separate hall for like 200 people, grab the brother from Peru and said, you're preaching this morning, find the message. And they had a mini service with like 200 people in the hall right next door. And um, you can go to the next one, please. It's just a couple of pictures. Our team in campus uh, did a dance, and they were amazing as they entertained the uh, teen and preteens dance as well. And then we have some typical Dominican music uh, from the tourist board that came on in and started off that opening night. And then, um, and then uh, my wife, of course, I guess my wife is here this morning, just so you guys know my beautiful wife. She's here preaching to the women. You know, you heard a standing room only? This was standing and sitting room only. The room was so packed that they basically had to sit right along the edge. The women's classes were amazing. They were like maxed out, all of them. Uh, we had classes. John Basilio was there preaching for us. And then uh, we had a men's class down here. Also, next slide, please. And uh, that's, my, that's our son. And um, this is one of my favorite pictures because when we gave the welcome to the conference, he said, can I help with the welcome too? And so he got up there, grabbed that mic, and it was like, welcome everybody to our conference. And uh, so next, uh, next slide. And also, wanted to share a little bit about our, uh, our team ministry to the left, our campus ministry there to the right. You know, um, our team ministry some five, six years ago was about maybe eight teams uh, that were there, kind of happy to kind of be there, kind of not. And, uh, the majority in the lobby and in the parking lot, headphones and all that, maybe some of y'all can relate. Um, it's it just not really interested. It was just not in a good place. And uh, through God, a couple that we've known for many years uh, said, listen, we would love to pay for you guys to have an intern for team ministry because we've seen the difference that it has made in our ministry. And, and they said it was a year. We stretched it out to two. And, um, but the difference today is that group of like eight more or less struggling teams are now over close to 60 teams that we have in the ministry right now. And um, one really cool thing is this year alone, 15 teams have been added to the team ministry and uh, have been baptized, and it's been great. Our campus ministry, which is cool. I love campus. It's where I came from. It's where I was converted. And uh, our campus ministry, about four years ago, was about eight, ten students. Uh, again, it was just okay. And uh, we hooked up with a brother who's a good friend of mine, Josue Ortega, from uh, Central America. And what they did was they brought over about ten students from Missionary Week. And basically from Monday through Friday, these students went on campus, had two Bible talks a day. After about five days, there were over uh, 200 people who came out to Bible talks. And over 200 Bible studies that were started. From that, four years ago, we just crossed up. We're about 55 campus students uh, over four years from that group of 10. 
So God's just been doing a lot of amazing things uh, in BR. I mean, it's just, I can keep sharing and sharing. But this is just some of the good news of the things that have been going on and what God's been doing. So keep, please keep praying for us. Uh, we got a lot of work ahead of us, things that we want to do for the glory of God. So please pray for us. And I pray this news will be encouraging to everybody here. Amen? Amen. I want to talk about this morning about answering the call. Answer the call. You know, there's some calls that we get in this life that are really important, some, some invitations that we receive. Uh, during this time of the year, we, we probably get a lot of really cool invitations. In the Dominican Republic, during this Christmas time, basically, December 1 hits, and it's a party everywhere, especially in our church. You got, the wor- you got your party when it, it's at work, and then you got the Bible talk party. We do a party for the ushers. Every year we do a party for anybody serving as an usher in the teacher's ministry, and the worship ministry. We throw a party for you to say thank you for all that you do. And, uh, but, there's a, but people invent parties, any reason to have a party. But basically, Dominicans love parties. You're going to have food, you're going to have a good time, you're going to have a lot of dancing. But it's just, there's a lot of invitation. My, for me, December is one of my favorite months. It's also one of the months to also gain weight. But it's one of my favorite months because of just so much that we're doing. But when we look at it from the biblical standpoint, God is an inviting God. Always reaching out. Always calling, always inviting, always wanting us to come, always finding some way to reach out to us. I think we all love to be invited. Yes, sir, I think we all, for the majority of us, love invitation. I know there's some invitation like, I don't want that invitation. But the, I think for the majority of us, we love being invited. I've gotten some cool invites in this life. I'm sure you have as well. But let's go to the first thing. That God, when, we reach, when we see about this thing about God being a God who loves to invite the Bible is full of God's invitation. Let's look at one of these first ones. And the first thing, point number one, listen and pay attention. Listen and pay attention. In Isaiah 55, in verse 3, we be reading from the ESV version, the Bible says, Incline your ear and come to me. Hear that your soul may live, and I will make with you an everlasting covenant. My steadfast, sure love for David. You know, in this chapter 55, Isaiah, the focus is an invitation to salvation. He's telling the people there, he says, incline your ear to me. Lean. Pay attention to what I'm about to say. Isaiah here, through, uh, God is speaking through him and he's giving the people an invitation to a new life from God. God's people, as you know, during this time, have been rebellious. They have been far from God because of their sin. And now God is calling them back. Don't you love that about the Scriptures? God's people mess up over and over and over and over again. And what does God do? Yes, He allows them to go through a hard time. But after they go through that hard time, or that time of pruning, He says, Come. Come back. Like, like, like was shared earlier today. How God is constantly calling us back. But now he's calling them back. He's giving them another chance. You know, you've got to love the patience and the love of God. But why is this made possible? Why is this made possible? Well, in chapter 53 in Isaiah, it, 700 years before it even happened, it describes how Jesus would come and suffer and bear our sins and die for us. The reason why this invitation in 55 is possible because in 53 he's talking about the suffering servant. But then in Isaiah 54, Isaiah talks about the blessings that God's people would receive because of Jesus' suffering 
And that this salvation was not only for the Jews, but was for all nations now. For all people. And that's good news. That all of us now have the opportunity to be saved. All of us have the opportunity to have a relationship with God. But what does it say to them now in 55? He says, incline your ear. Listen. Pay attention. Listen to me. Because what I'm about to say, what I'm going to share with you, is very important. So pay attention. Why does he want their attention? Why does he want them to hear? Thank you very much. He wants their attention. He wants them to hear. He says, so that your soul may live. So that you may have life. It was shared earlier, John 10, 10. Life to the full. That is what God wants to give us. That is the invitation he constantly extends out to us. That he wants us to know that he wants to give us life. Not a life, a nice life, an okay life, but the real life. The true life. Life to the full. This idea of God inviting us, reaching out to us, is not a one-time thing in the Bible. But appears in many different occasions. One of my favorites, you find it in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 and 29. Matthew 11, 28 and 29 says... Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. Got some weary and burdened people here? And he says, and I will give you rest. Four letters, doggone it. But man, don't they sound good when you finally get it, right? And I will give you rest. He says, take my yoke upon you, upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart. And you will find rest for your soul. That's a, I don't know about you. That's a great invitation. I have a hard time reading the scripture and not going. That, 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 that's good. I could, I could use some of that. You know, but it, again, in Revelation chapter 22, another invitation. It says, the spirit and the bride say, come. And let the one who hears say, Come. And let the one who is thirsty come. And let the one who wishes to take the free gift of the water of life. Again, what do we see in the scriptures God constantly doing? Saying, come. Come. I am inviting you. I am reaching out to you. I will bother you even at Sunday morning with somebody calling you during the week or some person you never met in your life. Why? Because I want you to come. But who's invited? Who is invited to this? Well, the scriptures get into it, and they talk about two groups of people that are invited. The first group of people here, he considers them the thirsty and the broke. The thirsty and the broke. Maybe some of us can relate. Maybe you ain't thirsty. Let's leave it like that. Isaiah chapter 55, verse 1. What does he say? Because verse 3, we see the invitation. But what comes before that? In verse 1, it says, Come, all you who are thirsty. Come to the waters. And you who have no money, come, buy, and eat. I don't know about you. I love that invitation. I'm invited and I don't need to pay anything? You're offering me something? Because you know when they offer you something, you always want to... So how much? How, how, how much, it, you're telling me it's free. How much is it really? 
And he says, and you who have no money, come, buy and eat. Come, buy wine and milk without money. He says it twice because we doubt it. He says here, buy, he says, come, buy wine and milk without money and without cause. Who is this first invite to? It's to the thirsty people who can't pay for what they need. Maybe that's where you might find yourself this morning. Thirsty, but it's not a thirst that can be taken care of with something like this. It's a deeper thirst. It's a thirst that, that's eternal. It's a thirst that's inter, that, it's inside of you. It's a thirst that no matter how many vacations you go on and how much money you have in your pocket and how many nice gifts you get at this time, it continues and continues and continues and continues. Where you're thirsty in your heart, you find yourself with a lot of old, dried-up hopes and dreams. Disappointments, empty, dissatisfied, unfulfilled. And yet you know there's, there's more to life than this. You know that. There's something that tells you, I know there's more to life than this. You find yourself with no money, no strength, no motivation, but at least a longing. There's at least a longing, a, a desire, a thirst, something in you that still wants to try to reach out because you know there's more to life than this. And God says to you, you're just the person I'm looking for. You're just the person I'm after. You've come to the right place. So I want to say, if you're here at church today and you feel broke, or you are broke, forget the feeling, you are broke. And you are thirsty. The Lord says to you, welcome. You've come to the right place. You've come to the right place. You've come to the right place. Because God is an expert at fixing what is broken. Or fixing the broken. And fulfilling really the need of the thirsty. But maybe you can't relate to this first view. I don't feel thirsty. And I'm definitely not broke. Well, there's an invitation for you too. The second, the first invitation for the thirsty and broke, the first invitation for the thirsty and broke, the second invitation for the self-sufficient. Isaiah 55 verse 2 says, Why spend money? on what is not bread and your, and your labor on what does not satisfy. Listen, listen to me and eat what is good and you will delight in the riches of fair. So now he's talking to a group of people who actually have money, who actually have strength to work. And so he says to this group, he says to them, you know, you got money, you got the strength to work. They're not like the first group who's thirsty and broke. This second group is doing well for themselves. Spending that money they had to be able to spend. But what's the result for them? Frustration. 
Because it, he says to them, you're spending your money on stuff that doesn't really satisfy you. Doesn't really fill you. You know, this second group, what are they doing? This second group is still working. They got dreams. They're still chasing, still searching, still experimenting. A different job, a different city, a different car, a different wife, a new house, a new and latest toy. They got the toys and they got people to play with them with. Experimenting with a new look. Still a lot of looking around in them. But at the end, they still come up with nothing. They find there is no pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. There is no fountain of youth. There is no happy ever after without Jesus. Still not satisfied. Still not happy. And if you're honest with yourself, you know there's a lot, you, you have a lot more needs and longings inside of you that you actually are opening. You have a lot more needs in your life that you, that, that you, that, more than what you actually express and show to others. And that's why God had you in mind when he says, why spend money on what is not bread? And your labor on what does not satisfy. You're going after all these things. You have all these things. You're chasing after all these things. But still, still, you're not satisfied and won't be satisfied. And the thing about us with humans, we always feel like it's the next thing. It's the next thing. You know, it's the neighborhood I live in. Let me move to another neighborhood. It's the house that I live in. Let me move to another house. It's this stinking car that I drive. Let me get another one. All the problem is, it's this woman you've given me, Lord. All this man you've given me. If we could just kind of swap them out for somebody else, life would be awesome. And we switch, and we switch, and we switch, and we move from state, and we move from country. And the interesting thing is, the problem is always somebody else. It's never you. The problem is my neighborhood. The problem is the place I live. The problem is this city. The problem is this country. And maybe the problem might be looking at a mirror. Let me tell you one thing that I've realized. I've, I've got a, I have a super honor of living in the, in the Philippines. Um, and, and I love living in the Dominican Republic. It has its challenges like, like anywhere else. And, um, and, and it's beautiful. I mean, it's a great, there's a lot of benefits to living there. I can vacation where I, where I, where I live. I mean, y'all got to fly a plane down. I just drive a couple of hours down there. Sorry to rub it in, right? There's a lot of, there's a lot of, there's a lot of great things to it. But let me tell you something that I realized. It's like, there is, I, I've, gotten, I've, gotten, I've had the privilege to travel a lot and to see a lot of things. There's some beautiful places in the world, places that look like paradise. But I realize it, is when you actually stop and live, there is no place that is paradise. There is only one paradise. And no matter how beautiful you might be in the place where you're at, there's always something that you're going to find in that place that just goes, eh. 
Why? Because a, God wants to put in us only one longing for one place, and that's heaven. Because that's the only place that you're going to be happy. So God invites you to listen, to hear, to pay attention, to accept His invitation. Because in that invitation there is life. For the broken, the thirsty, as well as for the person that's self-sufficient. You know, if you're visiting with us here, you know, you're here for a reason. He's extended this invitation to you through a friend, through a family member, through somebody you never even met in your life. And he wants to give you life. And he wants to give you life. And that life can be found through studying out the scriptures, through opening up the Bible. The person who invited you, if you're not sitting down and studying the Bible, they're dying to study the Bible with you. They might be calm and cool right now, not telling you anything and hoping you'll enjoy the service and the pastor won't mess things up this day. But they're dying to study the Bible with you. They just want to make sure you don't run, after, you don't run out of here after service. So I'm just going to, you know, break it down ahead of time. Make their life easier. And when church is over, just say, listen, I know you want to ask me to study the Bible. So let's just sit down and study the Bible. Let's just open up the scriptures, all right? We let the cat out the bag. That's it. That's what we want. We want to love you. We want to sit down and open the scriptures. You share our hearts with you and, and show you what Jesus has to do. Nothing more, nothing less than that. So if they don't ask you, you just tap them on your shoulders. You got something you need to ask me? You got something you need? We got something we need to talk about? Second and last thing I want to share. A reminder. A reminder. You know, reminders are good. Reminders are good. You know, and somebody asked me at, a, at the conference, they said, they asked me how long I was a disciple in some 31 years. I have a hard time believing that. Um, and they said, what, what can you learn as a disciple? What more is there to learn in 31 years? I said, well, there's still a lot more to learn in 31 years. But I said, many times, it's, sometimes, yeah, it's new things, but many times it's being reminded of the, of, of the oldest that we know. So reminders are good. You know, in 2 Corinthians, chapter 5, verse 14 and 15, the Bible says, For the love of Christ, controls us. Because we have concluded this, that one died for all, therefore all have died. And he died for all, that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. You know, other versions of this scripture says, you know, for the love of God that compels us one of the versions says, uses, urges us. Another one says, rules us. Another one says, impels us. You know, what is Paul talking about? Paul is talking about what Jesus did for him on the cross. Dying for him, though he did not deserve it. And though he was living a life that did not please God. And Paul's talking about the effect now that this knowing this death and understanding this death is having this life. You know, we could never and we should never, ever forget the reason why we it's, it's not because of the New York City churches. It's not because of the people that we've got next to us. Praise God for them. 
It's not for the person up here preaching or leading the region or anything. It's not even because they're great friends that make me feel good and I love church and I feel great. I can't speak for that. It's got to be because we understand what Jesus has done for us on the cross. It's got to come back to that. Because I think we know this, but it's never a bad thing, a reminder. People will disappoint. And at times in our thinking and our confusion, we might even think God will disappoint us and has disappointed us. And let me tell you nothing. You will disappoint you. You will disappoint yourself. And what has got to be that thing that's going to get you up in the morning to deny yourself? To keep your hands in your pockets instead of stretching out for someone's neck. What has got to be Jesus? It's got to be Jesus. Let me tell you, there are things I do not do, not necessarily because it is the right thing to do, because it's what, you know, because, it, it, because the other person, is, no, no, it's because I think, Jesus, Lord, help me. Help me. Help me. If you're married, you know what I'm talking about. You need, you need Jesus twice. They just finished telling you something out of the side of their mouth. You're like... You start convulsing. The demons are like... It's like the exorcism all over again. And it's like... And then and you have two choices right there. You have two choices. Do I let everything out that I'm thinking and that I'm feeling? Some of us already know how that, that ends, right? You know that. Because you think at the time, I'm, I'm getting everything out. I'm going to feel better. I'm going to feel okay. i got to just get it out because you need to hear this. Then they're begging the Lord for forgiveness. All that other stuff. And then you're trying to see, could I pull that back? Was there a way that I, I didn't mean to? I, that's not what I was trying to. Forget it. Forget it. Sinking. Sinking. That, that's it. It's done. It's out there, baby. Do we still remember this love that Christ has for us? Does his love for you still motivate does it still inspire you? Does it still move you? Because when you know, understand, and appreciate this love, it will move you to respond. Because it says, therefore, all have died. Die to self. Die to ungratefulness. Die to selfishness. Die to pride. Die to lack of commitment. Die to sin. Because we no longer live for ourselves, but for him who died for us. Paul is saying that the love of Jesus has changed him. If we are not changing, then there's something wrong in our understanding of Jesus. And I'm not saying we're going to change in five minutes. I've been around too long to say that. But that constantly there's a constant change in us that comes in a growth that comes with time and a maturing that comes with time. Because, because we grow in our appreciation of Jesus. And we grow in our appreciation of His grace, and that grace makes us go, Man, God, you are so patient. Thank you. I just got the change. There's a song in, uh, in Spanish. 
I did a translation in English to the best that I can. For those who know it in Spanish, it's an amazing song. And it's called, uh, In Case I Forget. And it's called, uh, it's called, In Case I Forget, Take Me to the Cross. It says, In Case I Forget, In Case It Escapes Me, In Case the Passion of My Eyes Is Faded, Take Me to That Tree, To the Place Where We First Met. Take me to the place where our friendship began. Take me to the cross. Take me to the cross. In case I forget it, in case it escapes me, in case the passion of my eyes has faded, only there can I find restoration. Only there is my love for you renewed. Only there can I find restoration. Only there is my love for you renewed. Take me to the cross. Take me to the cross. My beloved Jesus, draw me near. I need you. Take me to the cross. Take me to the cross. Take me to your heart. Sometimes we need to just leave the mind. And we need to go back. And we need to just say, take me to the cross. Where it all began. Before the cross, all is simple. It's not complicated. Jesus, imperfect, me a sinner. That's it. And forgiven and given much grace, it's not more complicated than that. And there is where our love for God is renewed and restored. You know, as we think about this answering the call, one call can make all the difference. One call can make all the difference. You know, sometimes you get calls that change the course of your life. 1988, I got a call from a, from my, uh, from a childhood friend, from a friend of mine who lived across the street. And he lived on the same block with me, invited me to church. I went. There were some nice people. Uh, it was okay. I had fun. You know, they asked me to study the Bible. I went. I went to service again. I said, these people hug too much. It's weird. I'm from Brooklyn. I'm sorry. We just don't hug that much. It's just, you know, it's just like, hey, you know. Um, but we were there. And uh, I was there. And I began studying the Bible. And my life would never be the same again. And, you know, in 1994, I, I get another call. I go to the brother's house, Steve Johnson, who was leading the church at the time. And I got that call to come over to his house. And next thing I know, I went from being a person who was going to be on the mission team to now being the person who's going to lead the mission team. To plant the church in DR. To meet people who God would use me to change their lives and use them to change my life. And allow me to touch the lives of others with his word. I would not be here before you if I did not answer that call. If I did not say yes, I don't know where I would be, but it would not be any place good. And I definitely wouldn't be here on a Sunday morning preaching to y'all. So I implore us today, like the first scripture we read, incline your ear and come to me. Hear that your soul may live. This is the call that Jesus has made to us. So please, I implore us, great way to end the year and to start a new one, to answer that call. A call of the great invitation that Jesus has made. Because there's no better invitation that you will get in your life. And also the call to be reminded of the things that sometimes we can forget or leave behind. Church. Gracias. Thank you. It's been great being with you guys.
God bless you. Thank you, my brother.